All right, welcome to Hashtag General. I'm your host, Logan Sudley, and of course, the other host, Chris Okamura. What's up? I need to shave. <laughs> I love, like, right before we go in, I just hear Chris go, I should shave today. And meanwhile, I'm like, me with my crazy long hair. Well, like, and... I, I don't like the point where if I look down, I can feel the beard rubbing against my neck. I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's not a fun feeling. No, 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 no. It, So, like, I hit that point today. Especially in the heat with the sweat. Yeah. It's... Because I remember my dad once when he was trying to be like, because I, I would be like, why would you have a beard in the summer? And this was like pre me being able to have facial hair. Yeah. And he's like, it actually keeps it really cool because it like keeps the sweat in, which is kind of gross to think about. Right. It's just like holding sweat up against your face. Yeah. But like right around here, it yeah, just like, it just feeling. does not feel good. It's, I've been thinking about just being like. Well, then you look like you're 12 years old. I've seen I you know, shave. I know. That's the problem is when I go, it's like I go clean shaven and I go from being like, you can buy alcohol to I need to see your ID to see this R-rated movie. It's for adults. Yeah. Which, again, I haven't been clean shaven in probably about five years. So who knows? Maybe I have aged you up trim? enough. Do you trim it, though? I, I trim it. Okay, yeah, there you go. But it's, you know. It's an experiment. I'm not really going dying to find out whether or not I have to get have my ID presented to get into a movie again. Yeah, but that had legitimately happened once after I clean went from like beard to clean shaven. I literally once had to have. (laughs) You're like, 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 ma'am, I'm 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 thirty. I mean, now I'll be like, yeah, I'm thirty. I think at that time I'm like, yeah, I'm (laughs) twenty (laughs) five. You don't need to see my ID to get into an R-rated movie. Um, But before we start going into our main things, you were talking about this earlier today. Um, you guys, you are going to Evo next week, right? So, so give a quick rundown for people who aren't familiar. Uh, with Evo. So Evo is Evolution Championship Series. It's the world's largest fighting game tournament. So it's like, uh, if anyone follows golf, it's like the the Masters of golf or of of fighting games. And it's like uh, what you would think Wimbledon would be for tennis, or it's like kind of the major event for fighting games for the year. Um, so I help run that event every year. I have a good time doing it. It's a ton of fun. Uh, and so this year is going to be interesting because it's going to be the first time that my dad my dad has gone with me the last like three or four years and then grown to love it. He's going to compete for the first time yeah. this year, so that's super cool. I want to see video. Right. I, I'm going to film video. And then, uh, but this year that's great is my mom is coming uh, along with my wife and my daughter. So it's turned into a whole family thing. It turned into like a family vacation because everything just kind of lined up where everyone was had a vacation or was off at the same time. Uh so yeah, it kind of like turned into this thing that's gonna be great. But then this happened. <laughs> James, which, can we get the picture up? <laughs> which uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, you could just Google Grasshoppers Las Vegas and you'll see it pop up. It's uh, apparently the Grasshopper migration season is right now, and for this year they've stopped in Las Vegas. So if you are looking at the image, which I know James has on screen right now, that's the Luxor Hotel. And all those weird, like, specks in the light are grasshoppers. Right. And so if you look at video, that doesn't even show you, like, the scale of it. There's videos online that will show you the scale of it. It, it is, like, locust, apocalyptic, plague Dude, level. It, it's like Exodus decided to appear. You know, we always talk about Las Vegas being Sin City. Maybe it's actually a plague. Right. And so the the <laughs> funny... So the, the kind of funny gaming sense of humor of it is uh, Evo for the last couple of years, or actually for a long time, the kind of staples of Evo have been 
Street Fighter, which the it was created to be a Street Fighter tournament, then Marvel vs. Capcom, and then yeah. uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. So, uh, of course, Street Fighter is still there. Uh, Marvel Capcom Ultimate or Infinite was not there last year because it just wasn't a good game. Oh, I think it's a good game. Okay, this, we're getting to the point. But the point is, it, the community wasn't around it, and it uh, it wasn't at Evo last year, so it's the first time that Marvel hadn't been in an Evo. Yeah. And then this year, there's no Melee, because it's too old, and Smash Ultimate kind of took its place in terms of... Yeah, there's now a Smash Brothers that everyone's united around. United around, yeah. right? So, so there's no reason to have two Smash games anymore, so Ultimate is there, no Melee, so two of the main staples of the Holy Trinity are gone, and so everyone's like, this is the punishment we get <laughs> not having melee and marvelous Capcom. I, I, I do like the thing though because when we were talking about it before broadcast james and i were like is this going to be the thing because samantha's what two th- she's three three, she's three and a half three and a half we're like is this going to be the thing that turns her into a superhero right and this is like she's gonna have i'm gonna i'm gonna get murdered by a grasshopper army and then she's gonna become a vigilante called, called the, the grasshopper. grasshopper and she's gonna be like and everyone's like who are you and she's gonna be like the grasshopper it's gonna be great. So uh, we've already would, figured out the origin story. I would story. gladly sacrifice my life if my daughter became a superhero called the Grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm I'm not setting her up with the funds to be able to do that because I don't have those. She's going to be the uh, you know the average Batman. <laughs> like Batman had all the wealth going for him. She's gonna she's gonna have to build herself up to that level. Like, it's really funny too because as we saw the news report yesterday or two days ago, and I remember watching it and going, "Well, hopefully they're gone by the time we get there." And literally the next sentence was, "This is expected to last for a couple of weeks." And I was like, "Fuck!" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's. But it's exciting because it's Samantha's first time to Vegas, and like, uh, hopefully she doesn't ruin her time. Hopefully she's not too bad. Yeah, either that or the world is ending. One of the two. One of the two. Um, so, ready to dive in? Yeah, let's go. All it. right, so James, let's go over to games. Are we starting here? We're, we're starting here because <laughs> you were like, hey, we should talk about Fire Emblem Three Houses. And I was like, sure, let me add it to the note. I have no clue what okay. we're talking about so or So, initially you had their, the Overwatch League announcement of like their upcoming season. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I... We could have talked about that, but I felt like it was going to be me talking a lot of shit. Cause it, it would have basically been like a three-minute rehash of our whole, like, uh, you and yeah, I just, putting on our producer know. hats and being like, this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, and they just don't know what they're doing. Well, okay, they know what they're doing, and they obviously just are in a tough bind in terms of what they promised or what they what obligations they have to sponsors or whatever. I don't want to get into it. It's just a lot of mess and a lot of top-level people that I highly respect have left and, like, kind of distanced themselves. Uh, so that's not a good sign, yeah. and like it's just not worth touching. So I had that in the note. You're like, no, no, no. Let's talk about Fire Emblem, and right. I was like, sure. And then you came in, and I'm like, I have no clue what okay. we're talking about with this. So this do you know new. of the Fire Emblem series? I know it exists. Like I wasn't like okay. completely caught off guard by the name. Okay. So Fire Emblem, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a strategy RPG, meaning it's units on a board. Think Final Fantasy Tactics or any kind of like grid based. XCOM. XCOM, same thing, okay. right? So it's just like there. It's a grid based. Uh, turn-based tactical RPG, right? Uh, your units level up, they gain synergy, so, like, the more they battle together, they gain, uh, like, link yeah. attacks, and they support each other, and, like, the they have different unit types. There's, like, bow and arrow, or swords, or axes, or shields, or whatever, or, like, cavalry, and, like, 
there's a wyvern thing where they, they fly on dragons shit like whatever right they use magic it's great it's a ton of fun it's a great series uh that recently they had a kind of not a reboot but they had a because it's always been a very japanese focused series yeah um and nintendo always thought that it could be an uh, an american series they just needed to find the right game to do it uh and so fire emblem awakening was a game for the 3ds that came out in like 20 i want to say 13 or 12 very amazing game uh it's what got Fire Emblem into the mainstream audience. And so this is sort of the first one because it's on the Switch. Yeah. It's the first kind of major foray of like, hey, here's like our, our like full force. Like Fire now Emblem is the game. time for Nintendo to do it. They're right. on fire. Right. Like the last three or four Fire Emblem games have been absolutely fantastic. So this is like, hey, this is their big shot of like, boom, everyone's going to play this game. It's our big hype, like get hype moment. And it, it, they made it their big summer game, right, for this year. Yeah. And so. Before I even talk about it, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, I think it's my favorite Fire Emblem game now. I'm only halfway through it. Okay. Uh, the story is very much not what you expect from Nintendo. It's very much like Game of Thrones-y. Um, Interesting. Like, that- it's dark, right? So it's like... And I hate uh. saying... I hate using the term dark to like... Because dark gets used a, a, right. too much. But it is very much like... These characters are are have problems they all have like you know i think what it is on a side note i think it's because people often use dark when they mean realistic right i mean and realism is dark but i mean it's i mean it is this kind of thing of like there is no easy decision to make there is no good or bad side to any of this it is just like people doing people and it's just like yeah everyone has their own obligations and like you side with who you side with and like you just kind of make your decisions through the story um but the reason Three Houses is so great, and the so what it is is basically you start out first like five minutes of the game, you're a mercenary, whatever, and through circumstances you become a professor at uh, so Fodlin is the is the greater like Westeros area it, of this, is entire, this continent, right? Is this continent, and there's three factions on this continent, uh, and they're all kind of ruled. Or, Ruled is the wrong word, but they all follow the ch- this church, right? This big church, and so uh, you become a you become a teacher at a at a at the school where they're teaching officers for each of the main three houses. Okay, uh, and it's uh, the school is run by the church, so obviously you answer the priestess, whatever, and the. There's like a relationship with between your father and the priestess, and like that's how you ended up with the school. So you end up teaching, and so you get to choose one of the three houses of students. So it's like, uh, of course, is it kind of like Hogwarts sorting? Yes. Okay. So you you have like your group of students, and they give you time. The thing is, and they fuck with you. They give you time to walk around the school and meet all these students. And by the end of it, by the end of like that first section, you're like, fuck, I love all these kids. How do I pick one to teach? So then, finally, you make that arduous decision of like, "Fuck it, I'm going with this one." By the way, Black Knights is the or Black Eagles is the only correct choice. They're the fucking best house by far. So fuck anyone else that doesn't choose them. I know the storylines, the other ones, and like, if yeah, you it's have, way easier. if you have issues with this, just uh, tweet at Kid right. Liquid. So uh, the spoilers. If you're not, if you're not playing this game, whatever, Logan, you're not going to play this game, so I'm going to tell you these spoilers because you're going to love this. So, uh, I'm like at the point, so you play through the game and it's, well, no spoilers yet. The main, like, 
hook of the game because it's mainly Fire Emblem is all about the battles and yeah. like forming relationships in the story, right? The way that this twists it is now since you're a professor, the way you level up characters is it's like a persona-based calendar system where you set up lesson plans for each one of your students and goals that they have in mind. Okay. And you teach classes, essentially. Uh, and so that levels so up... So basically you're doing like a weird RP... Like, you are doing a Hogwarts RP tactical RPG, but instead of being like Harry, you are Professor Lupin. Yeah, and you teach you teach them like skills. So like... Uh, they all start with grades, right? So they all have grades. So it's like uh, E is like the end, the bottom half of it, and then S to, is the top one, right? So like all of them start with usually like D's or E's and like all their subjects, and they all have certain strengths or weaknesses or like proficiencies, and then you can train them up depending on that, and they have growth schedules depending on that, and like their own personal goals. Uh, and like level up their classes and stuff like that but it's all based on their individual goals and like what you want for them so you can like kind of tell them like no you should study swords you're like really good at swords you should do that and then it'll like of course go that way yeah then you can pair them up with like tutors so no, like you keep saying i'm not gonna play it but the more you talk the yeah. more i'm like okay i'm actually interested you can like you can like pair them up as like tutors so like if logan is very good at like lances then like and james isn't good at lances then like i can pair them up so then like when they go through classes then you can tutor them in lances and like they'll grab right so basically as much lances. as james will never be great at it he right. at least trained with someone who's really good at right it. so then it, it kind of rubs off and you get more gains than you would normally yeah no did, that's right? cool so stuff like that is really, really cool. And, like, it's a whole system that way. Uh, then on your days off, you can walk around the monastery, take quests. You can take around. Uh, you can, like, have lunch with your students, which boosts their motivation. And, like, they'll work harder in class. Yeah. Uh, you can, like, go on, go to, like, choir or, like, practices with them. And, like, again, the motivation goes up. And, like, you can take them on one-on-one chats and, like, tutor them. Like, it, it, you're a fucking professor, okay? And so I took the time to, like... I took like three hours the first night to like make a lesson plan for these fucking kids. I opened Google Spreadsheet and like I was like, here's all my students. Here's the strengths and weaknesses. Here, here's the end goal. How do I get? Yeah, show the picture. Jim, show the tweet. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, fuck it. This is the tweet I'm gonna send out. And I was like, I open. I can't believe it. I opened Google Spreadsheet with like all like and made a spreadsheet for all my kids' lesson plan. And I said, fuck it. These kids are gonna be the greatest officers in all of Fodland. Because I, I took a picture of them. Because I was like, kids look like now, motherfuckers. This is this is so. This is gonna be the before picture. Yeah, and we'll have to do an after picture right. later. So then, go ahead and switch back, James. <laughs> so then, uh, that was like kind of the jokey tweet about it. But spoiler territory, uh, the church kind of like throughout the story, the church kind of gets more and more. You find like it's like the veil gets revealed behind the church of like this is fucked up shit because the the priestess is like, hey, your mission for this month is you have to go kill this lord and we're like okay cool why are we killing this lord he's like he raised a blade against the church and no one could raise the blade against the church and you go oh oh oh, this is how this game's gonna go this is how it's gonna go so uh right now there's like a five-year time jump but like so you oh so they do what martin can't and skip ahead so they play they play out uh a full year of you teaching these students uh and then at the end of it you're sort of my house uh, is sort of kind of saying, hey, we should, like, the church is getting a little oppressive. We should prepare for just in case they come after us. Or, like, we should try to overthrow this church. And so then at the end of it, you have to make a choice of, like, hey, do I side with this house that I've been with all year? Or, or do, do I, I side, side with, with the, the church? church? And then that becomes, the once the time jump happens, then, like, you're either fighting against your students or with them. Oh, against wow. the other ho- Against the other two houses or with the other two houses, right? 
Um, so it becomes a really cool kind of dynamic. That's really cool. Right. Um, um, no, but as much as you're going, I can't believe I did spreadsheets. I've always had... I first ran into the idea of doing spreadsheets for a game, and I've never done it, even though I probably should, with uh, Civilization. Right. Because especially when you, game if that. you ever do like strategy or tactical type games, the spreadsheet aspect can, especially if you're doing it on a competitive level or you're trying to like maximize your right. ability, you you want to run it through a spreadsheet. I think it's not so much just spread, it's just like I'm having fun doing it. Right. And it's like. It, like, even, even it's not competitive. It's just like there's so much to keep track of. Especially, it's, I've always had mad respect for the people who do that because that means that they're not just playing the game; they're taking the game to like another level right. because they're trying to think about it beyond just that. I'm playing this for a couple hours right. and they're starting to think about it more. I mean, it's it's, like, it's more of a thing of like for for Fire Emblem in particular. It's like, hey, I I have these kids for like a whole year to like train them up. That's twelve months. That's oh four weeks per month. That's fifty two weeks. Of stuff for these kids. I have nine students, each one that has like different goals and different whatever, and like I have different plans for them. And like I'm not gonna sit there and play it all at once, right? So like, yeah. there's no way I can keep it, all of this tracked in my in my head. Well, yeah, so, it, like, it's especially in something like this. Like, again, like how I first ran into this with Civilization, the more it seemed like the most more people would do it. And it was either they were doing, like, a long-term playthrough right. where they were wanting to take their time, or they were doing a multiplayer match where you could only do, like, one turn a day. Right. So you had, like, you would play your turn, and then you would have, like, 23 hours for you and your teammates or just yourself to sit there and be like, what is my optimum move? Yeah. And you know all the math behind the scenes, so you can just input all the math into a spreadsheet, and it could tell you, yes, you should do this, but if you do X, Y, or Z, you can make it happen faster and right. that can be the difference between getting like a thing that moves you ahead of your another player or um gets you a unit faster in a war it's right no it so yeah that that was a uh, that was just i want to talk about that because i'm like gushing over this game right now it's been out three days now and i have like 15 hours in it my sleep schedule has been like terrible but it's been fantastic i love it no, that sounds like a fun game i'll have to I've been meaning to sit down and play XCOM because I know it's also a tactical yeah. RPG. And it's like I always start it and never like never commit to finishing it through. And so I always like get like three hours in and then life happens. And then I'm like, OK, I'm going to play XCOM again. I'm like, I don't remember anything <laughs> I did. Right. So so funny story first. Before we move on, last thing. So the head of my house is Edelgard, who's like this. Uh, she's the heiress to the... To, She's the next in line to be emperor for this uh, equestrian emperor, the the, la the big empire that she's a part of, right? Yeah. And so I was like, cool, she seems cool, and like the rest of the house seems cool, so I'll grab them. And I fell in love with all of my children and all of my characters, but I was like, <laughs> I literally stopped, I, I think at some point I dropped everything, I paused the game, and I literally Googled, can you marry Edelgard after time skip? And someone, and it goes, yes. And I go, <laughs> I go, all right, baby, we're on here. Let's go. So I'm, like, totally in. And then the, t the thing happens where uh, you get trapped in a, in a decision-making sequence where the, the head priestess of the church is like, now you can either kill her, like, or he, he tells you, like, kill her now. So then the thing comes up of, like, kill her or, like, protect her. And I was like, I'm protecting her. What the fuck are you talking about? And so the whole cutscene is just you standing in front of her as, like, the church comes after her. I was like, yeah, that's right, baby. I'm in. 
All right. I'm in. Ready to move on? Yeah, but like that game's fire. I love that, that game. game's fire. Awesome. I'll have to. I want to check that out now. Moving on, let's go to Star Wars, James. Um, this is going to just kind of be a general theme this, uh, to, that I'm going to throw out there uh, because we're talking a lot of the news that came out of San Diego Comic Con from Star Wars to all of the Marvel Phase Four stuff and all that. If you have any if questions or famous. thoughts or want to know our opinion on something, let us know in chat. We are, we will gladly discuss it because it's you and me we'll gladly go in depth yeah but it's um, uh, it's all gonna be comic-con from here it's basically yeah it's basically all comic-con from here with like one smattering of jojo rabbit um I, I. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's start off with the sith trooper so i know james we have a couple photos um that lucasfilm shared from comic-con and I'm, I'm all in for this. I'm all in on this. So my personal, and I haven't been doing a lot of theory mongering for uh, Rise of Skywalker. I've because been trying not to. I've been trying not to either because Last Jedi, I don't want to say it upended things, but Last Jedi kind of left it in a state where I don't really know exactly how this movie is going to play right. out. And I want to keep myself mentally prepared for that. But my personal theory is I think these aren't First Order troops. I think they're Palpatines. Right. And I, I would tend to agree with you there. I think the thing with this film that makes it different is, like, I ex- I fully expect the J.J. Abrams treatment of, like, heavy nostalgia and, like, heavy on, like, what we... Like, the, the fan favorite, like... Yeah. To g- give us everything we want kind of a thing. Like, I don't expect the Ryan Johnson, like, let's upheave or anything. I don't, I don't expect that to continue here. Um, but like, so in, with that in mind, I do think that it is a Palpatine thing. Yeah. I think it's a Palpatine thing because I saw a discussion on, and this will be probably something we'll talk about later because I'm already hitting the point where I'm thinking about unsubbing from a lot of social media stuff already for Star Wars. Really, man. Well, it's because I think what's happened is the conversation uh, as a side note on uh, the community, just how like the community is in this weird toxic state. Right. So there's not as much like discussion going on, which means a lot of any leaks or anything are actually more prominent right now because there isn't a whole bunch of noise for them to blow through. Right. Um, but we were, people are having a discussion about Snoke in particular. And my whole thing, especially one of the reasons why I think these are Palpatine's troops is you haven't played battlefront two, but I know you've, I, I know I've the, watched all this video. I know what it is. Um, with, Operation Cinder and all that. Right. It, the only way to me it made sense is if Palpatine had a backup plan, like a clone or something. Right. A means of coming back. And I think that these are just part of his forces that where he just squirreled himself away to wait until he can take over the First Order. And these are just his personal troops. Yeah, I could see that. So Makes total sense. I think their design's super cool. I like the red. Yeah, I love the red. I like the design. I also think looking at them... and I, and like it's the kind of thing too of like I think what makes that se- the the last Jedi sequence so striking when they have the Ray Kylo versus the uh, Snoke's Imperial mm-hmm. Guards or whatever and the Praetorian right the the red on red background yeah in that sequence makes it look so cool and like I love that they I love that Star Wars has gone like heavy on this red feel right um like all of the if you go to like a toy store, all the ba- all the card backs for most of the toys for the new movie and like for like last year they're all white, but like this movie it's like it's like almost all red, which is really cool. Yeah, it's 
I'm down. I I saw the design. And I'm like, I'm totally down. Yeah. And I don't and know about you. I feel like they're closer. Like if the first order is what happened, what happened if Apple redesigned the Stormtrooper? <laughs> I feel like these ones are more of a. This is like, what if the Stormtrooper armor just got like a modernization and a color change? I think it's a little, like personally, I think it's a little closer to the Stormtrooper. It's, uh, it's if Apple had a code red uh, <laughs> uh, version of the Stormtrooper. Oh, man. It's, no, I'm seeing stuff like this and it just gets me excited about Star Wars, which is, yeah. you know. I mean, it's the hype thing. train's rolling, which is good. Yeah, the heart. So I, I feel thing. like the hype train hasn't even really. It started to roll, and we haven't quite hit full hype yet. Yeah, it's it'll get there. It'll we're, get there. We're a few months away. We're a few months. Yeah, probably going to follow the same pattern. Of probably around October. October, and then it's going to just be Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and I unsub from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other, there wasn't really any big Comic Con Star Wars news. No. Um, probably because I think they're holding out on doing Mandalorian and Clone Wars stuff for D23. Yeah, because they had to save something, right? And yeah. I think they, I think Disney understood and Lucasfilm understood that, like, Marvel's going to steal the show. And, like, you don't want those two things to clash. No. So I think that they, they need to save something big for D23. Because yeah, Marvel has historically done a lot of big stuff at Comic-Con, and Star Wars hasn't. No. So it, it fits with their thing. But the other big thing, uh, or big-ish thing that came out from San Diego Comic-Con with Star Wars was the uh, Knights of Ren comic, the uh, yeah, Rise that. of Kylo Ren. Um, and I guess this is more like a side note. Have you been following a lot of the Star Wars comics? I haven't. I felt I've fallen off, but I know they're all fantastic. Like I've, like, I've read a, I've read quite a few of them. I have read uh, the... I quickly did like the 30-day trial of... Comicsology Unlimited, right? And I basically just downloaded all the Star Wars comics that I could, and so I'm probably within like a year. So there's like a year's worth of comics I'm so behind on. Sure. But um, I think the writer of this is do was the guy who he didn't do the first Darth Vader run, which is amazing. absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, it's the guy who is then the second Darth Vader run, which is Darth Vader not immediately after sixty six. Yeah, not as good. Not as good, but still pretty cool he's doing the rise uh storyline okay. which is i'm okay with sure. and i think what's interesting for me is they're finally giving us like backstory on kylo ren in terms of the knights of ren that we hadn't that we've all been guessing about and i think it's interesting that instead of doing it after rise of skywalker they're doing it before rise of skywalker right so I think a lot of the one theory that's been going around for a while is that there's going to be lots of knights of ren's focused material in Rise of Skywalker, I think this is pointing to that. Sure, I can see that as So well. they're going to be a major factor in the movie, but, I mean, again, it's like you said, like, there are some Star Wars comics where I'm like, okay, that's okay, right. but there are also some Star Wars comics where I think they they nail it. Yeah. There's no other way like, to put it. To they me, nail it perfectly. To me, I think, like, top four were, like, the, original, the first Star Wars run that they did when they rebranded with Marvel. That yeah. one, the Vader, the initial Vader run... Uh, and then there is a Lando comic that's actually yeah, there's absolutely a, fantastic. The um, one with uh, where they steal Palpatine, right? Is yeah, it's there's two Lando comics. There's one that's uh, pre Solo, and then there's the one that's uh, I want to say pr- uh, prior to A New Hope, right? 
Um, the one prior to New Hope features uh, Lando and Lobot, and it's really, really good. That one's very good. Um, and I do want to give a shout-out to to the Anakin Obi-Wan comic. That one's also really good. That one's really good, and like I think people underrate that because it's like uh, people just like anything prequel-related. They're just like, eh. But that one's really cool. <laughs> really cool. Especially because it helps kind of set up the idea that Obi-Wan was super dedicated to his task. Last task from Qui-Gon was yeah. train the boy. And he was dedicated enough that when Anakin apparently was having thoughts of leaving the Jedi Order, Obi-Wan was like, if you leave, I leave with you. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to make you stay. I want you to stay. But my job is to train you. And that is more important than... It's probably like the one time where Obi-Wan was actually like willing to defy the council right was over anakin when you really think about it like everyone's kind of stick in the mud yeah but did you um to go on to another side note because this was revealed at the same time they did a lot of their publishing updates have you read any of the claudia gray star wars novels no i have not okay if you are ever ever interested in reading the star wars novels there's some that aren't great but there's about a hundred that aren't great. Well, if you go into EU, like yeah, the legend there's about, stuff, there's, there's about a hundred lot that, that are great. really not good and it's not worth going in. But if you go into the are only looking at the new post Disney, the actual canon stuff, read Claudia Gray. Just if it says Star Wars Claudia Gray, just grab the book and read it. Um she did she's done two focused on Princess Leia, one pre A New Hope, the other Bloodline is prior to The Force Awakens, and it deals with her uh, leaving the Senate and eventually setting up the Resistance. Right. Um, But it's also the moment where it's revealed that her father is Darth Vader, um, which creates a huge galactic kerfluffle. Sure. Um, She also did one called Lost Stars, which has the point of view of a rebel pilot and an Imperial officer who came from the same planet are in love with each other, but end up on other sides. And it's, it's like this kind it sounds like a really cheesy young adult and it is, but it's really good. Um, and she also did one that's, uh, called master and apprentice and it's about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And it's also really good. So I just have to say with your comment about Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Master and apprentice is really definitely worth picking up. Go check those out. Go check um, all of those out. Yeah. So again, my whole thing: if Claudia Gray wrote it, and it has if it has Star Wars and Claudia Gray, I highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, but I think that's it for Star Wars. If we're ready to move on to Let's movies, go. so before we go too far into Marvel, real quick, I want to do my aside of the always eternal topic and that will <laughs> never die and that is a few i want to say it was two weeks ago it news broke that movie pass again the topic i will never stop talking about uh movie pass owes landmark cinemas 1.4 million dollars for tickets it's so crazy it's I mean, it's very interesting. And the reason why I think it's worth kind of briefly talking about is at the same time this breaks, we also now know for a fact, I think it hasn't, like, details haven't been officially announced, but Regal has confirmed they're doing their own subscription service, which means the top three theater chains, Regal, Cinemark, and AMC, will all have their own subscription service. Alamo Drafthouse has said that theirs is in progress. So it's weird because like MoviePass kind of proved that, hey, subscriptions could work in the United States for everyone but themselves. I think it was just the idea of like they oh. came in 
too they came in a little overconfident they came in they came in really cocky overconfident and their entire business strategy was we're going to prove that people will pay for our subscription and start seeing movies more and because of that you'll start selling more concessions and all that so we want to kind of like the concessions they were wanting to partner with the theaters but instead of like trying to set up that partnership from the beginning they just were like we're going to just start selling your tickets and you're going to want to partner with us and you're going to want to like they basically yeah. they went about it backwards and it backfired it backfired hard it's just and a the, bad business plan it's a bad business model and it's just like it just, they won't die. It just won't die. And because it won't die, we're going to be talking about it forever. But it just, movie pass. It, it's, now that Regal has their own thing, and it's, there's, no there's no reason, reason. for movie pass anymore. It's just, it's done. Like, I understand it. I, it's not worth it, especially since. Like AMC, you can get like IMAX tickets. I think Regal won't let you do IMAX tickets, but they're still like it's more expensive. But you actually can—they're not restricting the amount of movies. AMC will restrict the amount of movies you can see, and apparently Regal won't. So it's like there's no reason if you're. Main do they theater, really? I haven't ever gotten restricted with my pass. Um, what AMC does with A list is you can only use your A list ticket. Or you can only get three A-list tickets a week. So they're restricted in the sense that you can't do... Because A-list is different than Stubbs. Um, A-list is where you get like the free movie subscription yeah. thing. But um, you can see three movies a week. Right. So you can see 12 in a month. But for, you're never going to run into that unless you're going multiple times in a week. Right. Um, Regal is apparently not going to do the three times a week restriction. Apparently they're going to not do a restriction. You just can't have tickets overlapping, but they're also like not letting you go into like a 3d or an IMAX or any premium thing. That's not bad, which isn't bad, but it's, it's kind of like the whole thing is movie pass kind of provided a proof of concept because right. They're like, like, let them take the hit and then we'll, and we'll, and then we'll figure it out because all you had to do is if you're AMC or Regal, you just had to be like, because all MoviePass cards were MasterCards. Right. Was there an increase in MasterCard usage and ticket sales? Yeah. Right after MoviePass came out, that will tell you how much it increased. Right. And then you could just sit there and do the math and be like, oh, this is what we'd get. And then you could just cut out MoviePass. <laughs> and that's what's happened. And they owe people money. And I wonder if they're going to... Tr- like, who is going to loan them out more money? They're, no one. No one's going to loan them out more money. They're going to go bankrupt or, like, they're going to default on their loans. And then they're going to go... And, and but I, I just wanted to bring it up again just because this is, like, it's one just of my... Ri- it's just ridiculous. It's one of those understand. bizarre things. I, like, I have talked about it. Prior to this podcast, even the story, it, the story, the just, story of MoviePass needs to be a movie in itself. Yeah, because it's, it's so weird. It's uh, doomed to fail from get go, and for some odd reason, won't die. It's yeah, it's the undead. So strange. Um, but moving on from subscriptions, before we jump into the big thing, the Marvel stuff. Yeah, did you see the JoJo Rabbit trailer? I did. So. My big thing is is Taika Waititi, which means I'm immediately sold. <laughs> the concept is absolutely bizarre. So if you haven't seen the trailer, um, the basic idea of Jojo Rabbit is there is this young boy in 1930s, maybe 40s Germany who is bullied. And so he is his basically his crutch is his imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> 
and apparently it starts going into like racial issues because like his mom apparently is hiding a Jewish girl right. in the attic and he has to confront his own like beliefs and Adolf Hitler of course is played by Taika Waititi but did you see the meme so no, the trailer's great but did you meme? see the so they brought back the old yeah, Hitler gets angry sure. at thing and did that meme oh, for this movie. My God. And it was hilarious because he's freaking out. Hitler's freaking sure. out because, ugh. And it's written, of course, by a Jewish man. Ugh. Yeah. And so he's freaking out because he's also being played by a Jewish man. So, like, the Hitler yeah. and the meme is freaking out. And they're like, we need to have a counterattack. We should give me the director of Thor Ragnarok. He's good. And it just is like, it it's cuts so to, like, good. all the German generals being like, it's so good. It, it's y'all. I will, of course, share that in the show notes. That will be up in four months. Um, but check it out. It's well worth it. But let's let's dive in to the theme that I know you are really, really wanting to talk about. Yeah. And we are going to be talking about for probably a while, and that is Marvel's Phase Four announcements. Yeah. So, so we just go. We can honestly just go in order. Yeah. Let's just go in order. Um, no, this is an order of release. This is not an order of when, the, how, and when, and how they were announced. So we're going to stick with film be- and then do television just because of weird hashtag stuff. Sure. Uh, but uh, first up, it's we're getting the Black Widow movie. Cool. With Scarlett Johansson. Super excited. Uh, it's been rumored for a while. I don't know if we... Yeah, we've seen the... the- the clip they showed leaked online. Um, I'm excited that Taskmaster it's is getting, Taskmaster. I think that was the thing big in fan. there. Um, it's really cool because there's a he has the Captain America style shield, which means he's been watching a lot of Captain America footage. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, Taskmaster has really cool power where he watches film or if he watches anything, he can copy. Yeah, anything. So obviously, if he's if he's wearing a Captain America style shield, he's been watching a lot of Captain America footage. So that yeah. could be really cool. And then it's also it's one of those things where he's hard to fight because he will observe your fighting style and then can counter it. Right. Um, but so Black Widows should be very interesting. Very excited about that. Um, we're going to apparently finally see Budapest. Right. Uh, which has been hinted at for years. Jeremy Renner will not confirm or deny that he is in that movie. Which means he's which probably means in he's that probably movie. He's probably in the movie. Even if it's just a cameo. Right. And then moving on, and I think this might be the big one for just in terms of star power. Right. It's Eternals. Eternals. Which is absolutely insane that they're doing Eternals. Uh, I'm curious how they work it in. Because there are, for like people that aren't Marvel fans, there are a little more obscure characters. Um, but like there's a lot of fucking people in that movie. <laughs> what? Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden. Uh Kamel Nanjiani, yeah. Salma Hayek. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of fucking people in that movie. And that's the thing is, I think it's just going to be interesting. It also says how Marvel has be, kind of become the it thing is that they're able to get big name talent. I mean, they've and, ha- they've been able to get they've been able to get big name talent, not- but it's like one of those things where it's like it's no longer feels odd. Like I remember when they announced uh, that they were getting. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for Doctor right. Strange. Everyone was like, oh my god, the big star is going to be... Right. Because admittedly, all the people in Marvel now are stars, but they didn't start that way. Right. I mean, like, it started with Phase 3. Phase 3 yeah. was like, they're they're like, holy shit, they're getting everyone. Because remember, that's when they got Chadwick Boseman. They got... 
Brie Larson's a big name too. Yeah. Like they got a lot of people that were big name, like award winning actors. Yeah, it's um, so like they've they've been able to pull in this talent. I'm curious to see though with a Eter- with something like Eternals. Eternals is something that's gonna be hard for them to sequelize if they do it. Like they're just characters that it's hard to make sequels of, and like especially if I'm I'm curious. If anyone knows what Eternals is, their timeline goes like super far. So it's like the basic pitch that I can give you for Eternals is like uh, Gilgamesh and Athena and all these gods and goddesses and kings and and all this stuff from like the past. What if those weren't legends and they were just immortal humans that had powers? Right. And like and they're all kind of under this guise and this kind of family known as the Eternals that have been sort of pulling the strings and pulling the back door uh, and like planning things out throughout the history of the world uh, is the best way I can explain it to you. And so like, that's their background of like, they're like the, the character Gilgamesh is literally just Gilgamesh from the legend. From legend and, yeah. And he's just that, um, or, or the legends are based on him. Right. But like that, he like essentially that's what he is. And like Thena, who's the character that's played by Angelina Jolie, is just Athena. Athena. Yeah. Right. Like it. And it's not like they weren't they were. It's either the legends were based on them or they are the legends themselves. And they keep that pretty ambiguous throughout every inter iteration of their of their history. But so it, I wonder if we're just going to see ancient Earth Possibly, or it could just be flashbacks. Like, I could see a montage in the beginning of them, like, their old life, and then back now to modern day of whatever they're doing. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's just it's just gods and goddesses that have just been living throughout, you know, what if these legends were real people that have just kind of lived on throughout history? But I think that's also the thing that plays to the strength of Marvel's just continual evolution as a universe rather than... Uh, being set in the way, like prior to its existence, no one tried to do anything like this. Right. The fact that they have this platform rather than just like a series, right? It means you can do something a little more obscure like this, right? And, and I think because it has a Marvel name, it's gonna. I'm not saying it's gonna be like Guardians of the Galaxy, and everyone's gonna be like, <gasps> but right. I mean, and this could be something yeah. really cool in terms of explaining other stuff in the MCU in terms of like, because again, they they have been around forever and they have been kind of pulling the strings and setting things up for future things to come. Like, it could be a cool thing to see them place the Infinity Stones in places or like, yeah. you know, give Infinity Stones to certain people that they think could be useful later on. Stuff like that, right? Could be really cool. Yeah, the reason the um, Ancient One has the time stone. Right, is yeah. she, she got it from one of the Eternals, right? So stuff like that could be really cool. Um, I, I love the meme of, like, someone said, when Kevin Feige realizes he could stick the, the Marvel logo on any, the Marvel Studio logo on anything, and it'll make money, and it, <laughs> and it, goes, to the, it goes to the Guardians of the Galaxy the Star Lord thing of like I'm gonna make some weird shit, <laughs> like it, you know, it's just the it's the same thing, right? Of like he can do no wrong at this point, um, and like all of these movies, I don't even, like next is like all of these movies are gonna do well, which is crazy. Yeah, James, have we thrown up the main image yet? Or yeah, there you go. So just so everyone can see along, like there's this is and what I find crazy about this is we're all talking about this as phase four and it's only like a two year stretch. Yeah, I mean I think Kevin Feige talked about it too of like these are going to be uh, sort of palate cleansers 
for what's coming next. And of course, they're seeding seeds of like what's to come. And they talked about Fantastic Four and mutants yeah. coming. And so like those are obviously the big guns coming next. And like they're setting up a lot of stuff for Young Avengers and they're setting up a lot of stuff for Dark Avengers, possibly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're setting things up. But I think this is a good two year palette cleanser after Endgame to like sort of get us back in with these characters and back into where we're going. Um, yeah. So that's exciting. So, uh, James, you can go back to the thing. Thank you. Um, next is Shang-Chi, which is... Yeah. It's one... I think this is a... I think it's a wise move because of how big Marvel is outside of the United States, right. particularly like, in Asia. And Shang-Chi is such a cool character, too. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Shang-Chi is the master of Kung Fu. Uh, he was originally conceived to be sort of uh, like the martial arts answer. Is like it was like Marvel's answer to the Mar- it's like the Bruce Lee craze of the of the what eighties and so like and and like early nineties and like that was sort of the idea for Shang Chi. Now the thing with how they're doing it is really cool because they're reintroducing the Mandarin, the real yeah. Mandarin, as with Tony Luong. What? Well, and here's the thing too: is there's been the. Um, to be fair, I thought Tony Long was dead, so so this is a great surprise. It also it kind of even makes sense because like the Ten Rings do appear in Iron Man, but they yeah. don't actually appear in Iron Man Three. Yeah, so it's right. It's really cool. Uh, Tony Long, what the fuck? Tony Long is one of the most legendary actors in all of Asia. If it no, if it, you don't know who that is, he was the main hero in Hero. If you've ever seen that movie from like, how long ago was that? Oh God, that's. But he's a fantastic actor. He's legendary in Asia. Uh, so he's been he's going to play the real Mandarin. Fitting, very fitting. Yeah, it, it's again. It's I think speaks to like the. I think this is a smart move in the sense that Marvel is so big in China yeah. and Asia in general that you can't not do something that embraces that. Right, absolutely. And then so the so Simon Liu is the is gonna be Shang-Chi. Great choice, is a great actor. Uh if you're an internet person, you probably I know him from. You probably, yeah, he's a great person, but uh, he has some great tweets, some fire tweets. But, uh, you know, he is a YouTuber. He's part of Wong Fu Productions, and like he's been an actor with them for a very long time. Um, so he's been around. And so apparently, he's told the story, I think, to uh, Entertainment Canada. He told the story of like how he got cast, and he said basically, they're like, yes, you have the part. Cool, sign this dot. On, sign on the dotted line, and then, hey, get on a plane, you're going to Comic-Con. He found out, like, <laughs> a few days before. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, and I, so, I saw the thing where he had apparently been tweeting at Marvel going, hey, when can we get Shang-Chi? Yeah. So, and he had done it for, like, a couple of years, so it wasn't like he was he, doing he this as, like, from a like viral 20, From, like, 2010 to 2014, he'd been, like... He'd been he, doing it, yeah. and then he, like, did, like, a... Uh, and on Twitter, he had like taken an image of all his tweets, yeah. And with the, the comment being like, "Uh, <laughs> right." Well, he took he, my favorite one was he took he was like, "All right, Marvel, good job with," uh, or he's like, "Hey, Marvel, when can we talk about Shang Chi?" And it's like, "Well, shit." Yeah, it's <laughs> well, just like so, like stuff like that, right? It's great. Um, but he just he's he's one of the perfect people to do, and like watching his reactions throughout that entire presser is fantastic because he just has like. 
the kid in the candy store face the whole time of like, oh my god, I'm with Gunny Cumberbatch. Oh my god, like there's so many people here. Then like I could imagine as an actor of like an actor like that, right? Because like we just talked about Marvel getting big stars, but they're also very committed very, to like finding finding the right actor, the right yeah. actor, and find no matter like how big the name they are, right? So like getting someone like him is such a an interesting experience. I got to imagine because he's been like, on stage with like big stars, huge and, like, stars, Academy right? Award winners, and he's just like, I'm just a dude, right? It's crazy, <laughs> but I'm super excited. I think his power set works really well for film and i think i think people are going to be very i think people are sleeping on how much how good that movie is going to be well i I don't think it's just sleeping on how good it's going to be i think there is this this i want the russo brothers to direct it so we can get another winter soldier fight scene like with with martial artists (laughs) good luck could you imagine busy i know but could you imagine that oh my god just have them guest direct give me the guys that do the raid and don't just bring them in and not use them like they did on Force Awakens. No, dude, they were the they were the mercenaries that tried to kidnap Han Solo. And they there get... apparently was going to be like an actual more elaborate scene, and then it just got cut. Cut. Sad I think times. in the script phase, like it didn't even get like oh sad times. It's just like ugh. Whatever. But then after Shang Chi, we have Doctor Strange and in the. But it's the, the multiverse of madness. Apparently, it's going to be the first actual like Marvel horror film. horror film. So I'm super excited for this. This is actually the movie I'm most excited for on this. Well, list. I, I remember seeing like the uh, the image for it because yeah. I had the logo, and I was like, "Oh, this is giving me Stranger Things vibes." Yeah. So uh, I love it just because like these titles are. <laughs> Someone made a joke online. It was like, "Fuck, are is J.K. Rowling writing these titles now?" <laughs> like it's like Shang Chi. And, and the, the legend, legend of, of the, the Ten, Ten Rings. Rings, and then it's like uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but Thor and the Goblet of Fire, <laughs> right? So <laughs> stuff like that is great. But the I'm super excited for this movie. First of all, because I like the idea of like making Doctor Strange sort of a weirder, more yeah. horror thing. I think he's the perfect character to do it with. Uh, I love the idea that Scarlet Witch is going to be in here and featured pretty prominently. I think that those two characters together is very interesting. Uh, the I love the tie-in with the WandaVision show. Yeah. Because I think, like, have you read the Vision comic? I've not. But do you know of the Vision comic that they keep referring to? I know to? they exist. So there's a Vision comic. Basically, the, the uh, premise of the comic is that Scarlet Witch is dead or that Scarlet Witch is, like, not around in the same way that you would think she is um so the vision creates sort of an alternate reality uh in his own mind of like the platonic 1960s family life with scarlet witch and the vision and And so they can live they can live together and be you know, kind of a happy family, but it's very dark and very kind of horror it's because kind of, it's, it's he's in his own head it's and he's kind of all in his imagination. Right, yeah. and he's living this life, and it's very hor- it's very horror because like the the real life starts to seep in, and so it makes like kind of very scary visions through the comic. Yeah, which is kind of why in the Vision and WandaVision uh, logo you see these sort of nineteen sixties tube style yeah. text. So a lot of people think that they're like going to the 50s style. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to a lot of people think that they're going to flip it on its head and have, have it her, be her the one doing that said. Right. That's interesting. But yeah, um, no, Doctor Strange. Which could, which coming out, which, oh, which I was leading up to for this movie. If that's the headspace that she's coming out of that show into the film with. 
it could be a very interesting thing to bring that mindset or that I guess kind the question is which, which is going to come out first because they haven't officially they, announced they the announced, no but they announced that Scarlet that WandaVision is leading directly into, into okay uh, Doctor Strange and Got the uh, Multiverse of Madness so but then yeah yeah so like her headspace coming out of a show like that if they follow that storyline could be really cool coming into a movie like this if it's a horror thing. If it's a horror thing, because right. she's just put herself through, through a, a kind of a a hell, kind of right. like a not a happy space. Right. Um, and then the final movie they've been like officially announced a date for is Taika Waititi's back for Thor: Love and Thunder. Love it, James. Can we get the um, like first off, female Thor? Yeah. Natalie Portman's back to be female Thor, Thor. <laughs> and just like I love it. The thing I also find very interesting that apparently they have not confirmed whether or not uh, Chris Hemsworth is going to appear in the movie. Right. I mean, so I, he, no, they did, they did confirm. They did. Okay. The, the tweet says starring uh, starring Steve, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Natalie Portman, and uh, Tessa Thompson. Well, so I'm still hoping for some better Ray Bill. Um, <laughs> but yeah James can we get the image back up because the Thor Love and Thunder logo is I fantastic lo- I love how they get weirder and weirder with but the Thor with Thor, Thor logo. they basically have been like let's just go full 80s yeah. and I love it <laughs> but then so we're gonna just skip it kind of give you a hint at what we're gonna inevitably talk about when we switch over to the TV stuff that goddamn Loki logo yeah, like look how great Thor is and then the Loki logo is just like I have MS Paint. Um, it's weird. I don't know. I mean, like, so Love and Thunder, I, I'm loving the idea. I, I'm excited for the Jane Foster stuff. I'm interested to see how they do it because the the Jane Foster story for Thor, to me, the most compelling part was the cancer stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, like, Jane Foster doesn't have cancer in the MCU. So, like, I don't know how that's going to work. That we know of. True, we haven't seen her for a while. Yeah, it's been a few years. What if the, what if the snap... What if the reason she broke up with him wasn't because of a relationship issue, but because she had cancer and she didn't want it? Possibly. But for anyone that doesn't know, the most compelling part of the Mighty Thor run is that Jane Foster has cancer, and she's a very heavily, can- heavily like, in, like, stage three cancer. And so she has to get radiation to, like, cure her cancer and get better, but every time she picks up the hammer, it purifies her body of all toxins, meaning oh, it gets rid of the she radiation. It, she gets worse. Yeah. And so it gets rid of the radiation. So when she let go of the hammer, she has full cancer again. But then she gets into the conundrum of like, well, should I just n- never put down the hammer? Is like that a life I want to live and permanently be Thor? Or do I, you know, like, is that even possible? Or do I need to not be Thor and so I can get rid of my cancer? Like, that becomes the big conundrum in the comics. So it becomes a really cool kind of uh, dilemma. All I know is Taiki Waititi's back, which means I'm a billion percent on board. Dude, also, there's a meme. Go wa- go, go find someone that looks at you the way Taika Waititi looks at Marsha... Uh, Mar- uh, Natalie Portman? No, looks at... Uh, fucking who's playing Blade? Um, Marsha uh, Shala Ali. Yeah. Go look at that meme. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, I guess the final bit of movie news is the... They haven't said dates, but they've confirmed that... Hinted, at least, at Mutants. No, well, they've... But Feige's, they confirmed Fantastic Four and Blade. No, Feige's confirmed Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2, Guardians 3, 
uh, Blade, of course, uh, Fantastic Four, and X-Men. Okay, so X-Men was confirmed? Yeah, so basically he, they asked him afterwards, like, why did you say mutants? And, like, is it, is it X-Men or is it mutants? And he was like, well, I use them interchangeably. Uh, okay. So, yes, they are coming, and it's going to be very different than what anyone's done before. Of course, the way I think they have to, especially right. with how they but, didn't exist in the MCU. Right, but Feige's very smart about these things, usually, and I think, like, Marvel's been very smart about that how they've done everything yeah, if anything they probably have spent a very long time figuring out how they want to do it yeah but yeah james let's switch it to tv continuing our marvel at comic-con run um marvel also announced the following tv shows for disney plus the falcon and winter soldier right uh they very excited for that one yeah which i think is gonna be very interesting i think it also sets up st- i think this one is more of a setting up stuff for phase five right. thing. I think the interesting thing with this is like how they're going to approach it. Like is Sam Captain America from the start? But especially since they don't give him the name Captain America. Right. Which is weird. And like the logo is different than the one they originally showed. The one they originally showed when they announced, uh, Disney plus, cause remember they did, they did reveal some of the shows. Yeah. The original logo had the Falcon wings and the winter soldier red star. Uh, this one gets rid of both of those and just has, just has Captain the shield. America yeah. shield, which is kind of telling. Someone brought this idea up, and I love the idea of he starts the show in the Captain America costume, and they, they like have a mission, and it fails really bad, and so he takes it off and goes back to the Falcon costume. They go through the whole series, and he kind of learns and adjusts and whatever, all the kind of growth. Because he has to become right. Captain America. And then, and then at the end, he gets the new Falcon Captain America suit that he wears in the comics, the white with the wings, um, which could be great. Like, at the, at the last episode, he gets that suit, and he gets to put it on and wear it for the last episode, right? Nice, Could yeah. be great. Um, so, but, yeah. I mean, again, it's also kind of just a general thing that Disney is clearly showing it's willing to invest heavily in its Disney Plus offerings. Yeah, absolutely. And for a service, it's only going to be $7. seven bucks. I mean, we're going to talk about this towards the end, but it's crazy. Yeah. Um, WandaVision is also, was also announced, and we've already kind of discussed the idea right. of how that would go. I'm, Everyone's been wondering about it. I think your theory is probably square. I mean, the, the only reason is because it fits perfectly with how there are right now. Like, Vision's dead. So Juan is the only one left, and then the 1950s, 60s, like, tube-style yeah. writing fits with that comics so much, so well, that you got you got to think that's it, right? So next, you have uh, the Loki series, and they've confirmed that this is the Loki from Endgame that escapes with the Tesseract. Right, so it is the 2012 Loki with from Avengers. So there is no redemption arc, there is no, like... He's not a good person. He's just an evil fuck at this yeah, point. It, it, this is not... So basically, any character growth we've seen from Loki yeah. is gone. He's just an evil fuck. Like, that's all he is. Uh, so that should be very interesting to watch. Right. But also because right before that, you have the uh, multiverse aspect of Doctor Strange. I'm wondering if they're trying to figure out also a way, because Loki is one of the best bad guys they've had right. are they going to try to bring Loki back and just have it be this other not eventually kind of sort of redeemed Loki that's my know. personal theory I think like I, think, I don't think they want to let him go I don't think they want to let I him know him but they, they kind of have to he's hitting the point of like God we need to just move on from him uh, 
I think he's just, he's overstayed a little bit. I think he's still a great character, and I love him. But like he's got he's there. There's he's he's got to move on. Um, but we'll see what they do yeah. with the show. And then there's also the animated What If series. Super excited! I'm more excited for this than probably like, any other. Every show time on they here. talk about it, it's just like this is exactly what you kind of need because. Right. Sometimes people just want to know what would happen if this happens, right. and this gives an outlet for it. And immediately after this got more details got released, everyone's like, "Can we also do this for Star Wars?" Right. Like, wouldn't it be great if there's an animated What If Star Wars series? Well, like the thing with What If that works really well is, I don't know if most people know this. What If is actually a series of comics. It's actually a very popular series of Marvel comics. Uh, so, like, one of my favorite ones was like, "What If Captain America." led a, a uh, army of super soldiers in World War II. So, like, instead of the serum getting destroyed, the serum works, and they are able to make an army of super soldiers that is led by Captain America. Like, how yeah. does that change the world, right? How does that change that entire... Basically, thing? everything from that point on would be incredibly different right. than so, what we have now. Right. So, that's an interesting scenario. There's also, like, all, there's all kinds of stuff that you could possibly make up, and it's, it's great. I'm very excited. Yeah. And then, yeah, that one I'm really excited about. I right. can't wait to watch it. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, finally, there is the Hawkeye series. So, you weren't hyped about this. No, I wasn't. <laughs> so, is it just a lack of, like, I don't care about Hawkeye? It's more of a... It's not that I don't care about Hawkeye so much as... It feels like... It's kind of I falling into like the Hawkeye joke of where it's like, here's the Avengers and Hawkeye. Right. Um, and it kind of felt like this one, too. It's like, look at all these scenes. Also Hawkeye. Right. But so I think Hawk, as much as I'm kind of like, eh, I do also think that it might have the potential of being the most interesting of the series. Right. So like, and that's, I think, the difference is as much as I'm like, meh, it's also at the same time, I'm like, if there's any one series that is going to most likely go above and beyond in terms of what they can do with that character, it's probably the Hawkeye series. Right. So two things to remember, and this is the thing I bring, because a lot of people I've talked to have like, I don't care about the series at all. And I'm like, look, there's two things. One, think of Hawkeye at the end of Endgame. He is fucked up. That dude killed so many people, and he has to live with that guilt, and then he has to live with with Black Widow killing herself for him, like or for, yeah. to keep him alive. Like there's this is so, not going to be. A happy he has to camper. live with so much guilt now, right? Then you get bring into the idea of the with the way the logo is, and they have talked about it that it is based. They're basing the story around the recent Matt. Well, not recent now, but like the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye. Now. For anyone that doesn't follow comics or if you're just an MCU person, the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye in the last 10 is probably considered one of the top three or four comic book runs of the last decade. And probably I know a lot of really big comic book fans that put it in their top 10 all time. Like it is absolutely a must read if you're a marvel fan if you're just getting into comic books it's one of the first comics i would ever recommend to someone of like read this you don't care about hawkeye read this fucking book right like it's incredible and it introduces a sort of older hawkeye that's not in a good place that's in sort of the ronin stage like this one is uh and then he kind of takes a young girl under his wing named kate bishop to train her to be the new hawkeye and through her sees like sort of the 
the good in the world again and sort of learns to love and, and be a not a father again because he is a father but it, it's it's learns to be a like a mentor and a person and a hero again right and so it's him sort of seeing the light through this young girl and teaching her how to be the next hawkeye and then she goes on to be a be the next hawkeye and be in the avengers and young avengers and like lead the hawkeye name after that right once the, once this hawkeye retires the so this comic which he's tried how many times now right so i mean this gives them a good out for that and it makes it so they can easily transition to kate bishop into the yeah. new young avengers which is smart because like we've already seen one transition with captain america we're right. setting up another for hawkeye it's setting up and doing an in-universe smooth transition without doing the soap opera the part of Iron Man yeah. is now being played by Robert Downey the Third. Right. So um, it's so it's it's a great transition, and like again, I cannot say enough how fantastic that Matt Fraction run is. And so seeing that, I I was very concerned about the Hawkeye series. Right. I was like, fuck this. This could be bad. I was like on your side. And then when they showed the logo. And it was the exact same logo as the Matt Fraction Run comic. I was like, I'm in. I am in. I'm 100% sold. Um, so that, that again, is something that I was like, I need I need this injected into my veins. Okay. So hard. Um, but so, yeah, I think like that. You sold me. In fact, I'm probably, because like I talked about how I read a bunch of Star Wars because I signed up for the 30-day yeah. trial of Comixology. I think I still have a couple weeks. I think go, I go. Next, you got to go read that, that, that Matt Fraction Run. And so, oh, before we left too, we left off a big point. The WandaVision show mm-hmm. also involves an adult, uh, Maria, uh, an adult Maria Rambo. Or not Maria Rambo. Um, Monica Rambo. So that's really cool too. Who is she again? Monica Rambo's the little girl from Captain Marvel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the yeah, little girl yeah. from Captain Marvel. So is... she, so uh, they cast an adult, an adult version of her in uh, WandaVision, and so she'll be a heavy part of that show as well. Yeah. So that's exciting because she is now like twenty something in the in the Marvel canon. But that also sets her up for Young Avengers as well. Yeah. So we have about four or five new Avengers members that could be easily slotted in here. So very exciting. Makes Disney Plus look very interesting, and we'll cycle back to that as we hit the end. But before switching hats from Marvel to Star Trek, did you watch the Picard? The Picard trailer. trailer. Yes. What did you think? I'm hyped. Optimistically, (laughs) I'm hyped. But nervous is how I would put it. Because for me... It could go so bad. Yeah, I saw the trailer <laughs> and I'm like, this could go really bad. But I'll one of my... It. And it's what it is for me. It's seven of nine. The moment she appeared, I was like, okay. And it's not because I have any issues with Jerry Ryan or seven of nine. As much as you look at it, they brought back a couple key people from Next Generation... Plus, the one character that everyone would recognize from Voyager who has never seen Star Trek. And I'm sitting here going, where is my fucking Dr. Bashir? Yeah. Like, because I guess this kind of goes into the problem that we saw with, like, Last Jedi, where everyone had fan theories and then none of them are right and everyone got upset. Sure. One of the reasons why I was excited for Picard is we had, in the Star Trek universe... There had been this gigantic thing called the Dominion War. What is the aftermath of that? Right. And I think given like how to not go too deep into like the politics of now, 
I think there are a lot of places where you can draw parallels between America today and a post-Dominion War (laughs) federation if you were willing to go there. And it doesn't look like, A, they are willing to go there, and B, let's ignore the arguably best series of Star Trek with one that has a very strong fan base within the community and just... Yeah. Not acknowledge it, which is... I mean, it seems like a real fan, like a, like a fan, uh, sort of like fan service but yeah. thing. And I was like, this could be cool. This it could also be cool. could be really bad. Or it could be really bad. And that yeah. was a moment Seven of Nine appeared. I was like, this could be good or this could be really bad. Because it it's one thing to include, you know, Jonathan Frakes as Riker and Marina Sirtis as um, Counselor Troy. It's... And one thing to bring back people from, like, the next generation because they were personally connected to Picard. It's another thing to have a big moment being like, what are you doing out here, Picard? And it's yeah. someone who, as far as you know, has never interacted with him. And it just is like, you know, I get that you're banking a lot. This is where it kind of feels like where the criticism of the just banking on nostalgia, I think, kicks in. Yeah. Is just was like, you know... You can't go too hard. You can't go too hard. I don't have a problem with you bringing in Seven of Nine. But if you're going to start doing that, you need to bring in, like, Worf. Yeah. You need to bring in, like, acknowledge the Federation status after a gigantic war where the ideals of the Federation were challenged. Like, you need to have that. Otherwise, everyone's going to immediately be like, well... Right. What? Yeah. Um, And, of course, if there's any one fan base that is going to be loud about that... And point out it and go, this is a huge waste potential waste of potential. It's the Star Trek community. Yeah, totally it's- with you. So I'm excited. Yes, this trailer took me from being sure, I guess I'll finally subscribe to CBS <laughs> All Access to I think I have another thing that I'm just gonna have to binge when I finally sign up for like a week yeah. long. Like it, it I'm gonna wait weird. A, I'm like, gonna wait it, a week. It took me from being see. like I'm on to because I'd been on board the moment they announced it to being like, I guess I'm back in the wait and see camp. Right. And that's, I guess that's not a good thing. Yeah. But. Complete opposite though. The Witcher. The Witcher. Complete yeah. opposite. <laughs> so moving on to uh, The Witcher. Um, complete opposite of holy everything crap. we just talked about. It looks so good. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was so nervous about the show. And then all of a sudden the trailer comes out. I was like, why does this look so fantastic? And why, like, this has no, like, this shouldn't look as good as it does. It looks so <laughs> goddamn good. But, like, that's what you, that's what you get when you get, like, directors and actors and, like, everyone involved that understand the material and then are fans of the material and, like, just want to make a cool thing. Yeah. It, and they made it fucking fantastic. It looks so good. It looks so interesting. It's, I think, we've been critical, and again, we keep, I, we're, keep bringing up streaming services there's like we even have like a topic point on this um we've talked about how netflix's problem right now is they're needing to make sure that they have content that keeps people subscribed we should do that and i think this might be i think we might be actually seeing that strategy yeah like they've got something that looks really good has a built-in fan base and it just the trailer just knocked it out of the park. It looks so good. It looks so good. I can't wait to watch it. And yeah, we're gonna end up having to talk about it when it comes out. Yeah. 
Um, final Witcher note, I guess for me, other than unless there's a point in the trailer you really want no, to I'm good. Out, other than being like, holy crap, it looks good. It looks fantastic. I've been playing Witcher 3. I finally and? sat down and started playing it again. And? I'm really enjoying it. But there was this one moment where I took a Witcher contract. And I'm following the contract. I'm going into this mine. And James is watching me. And I'm like, I'm just dying. Yeah. And James is going, you know, Logan, I think you're getting better, but you just like, you need to figure it out. And I just kept dying. And I finally go, you know what? I think I know what the problem is. Because I get hit like two hits from this one monster. I'm dead. I'm like, I think I know what the problem is. I load up the quest info. It's a level 33 Witcher contract that I picked up in the level three area and I'm level four. And there I'm like, go. oh, I'm just dead. <laughs> like, yeah. You can sit there for hours and just kind of like, yeah, like chip the, away at the it. XP is just grind on this game is so slow, yeah. but I have no problem with that at all. No, it's fantastic. And it's like, I, I think that game's paced extremely well. Yes. Oh, I did want to bring this up too. Uh, Cause I, I did want to bring stuff about the Marvel stuff is I love that Marvel is going, I think they're going with the idea that like all of these shows, like so Falcon, WandaVision, like all of these shows are like one-offs. They're not doing seasons of these shows. Like these are like movies that they're doing. I think it's very smart. And yeah. I think that honestly is the best way for, I think both Star Wars, but maybe the exception of Mandalorian and Clone Wars. Yeah. I don't want necessarily a season two of the Cassian K2SO show. I want the one episode that's, uh, that's like a, I want the one show that's like a movie and then like they're on to the next, whatever the topic is. Right. And I think that's a very smart move because it keeps it fresh. Right. Cause like, I don't want Falcon and the winter soldier season two. I don't need that. That's I want them in a movie. They're going to be in the, yeah, they're going to be in the movie. That's fine. I just like, whatever the, this is an interlude. Yeah. Whatever the next, whatever the next character is that they want to deep dive into. Like if it's Shang Chi and like his study habits or whatever, or like if it's spider, if it's a Tom Holland, Spider-Man TV show where he goes to train with Shang Chi and martial arts. Fuck. Yeah. I'll take that show. I would just take a single episode of Spider-Man asking questions like of Doctor Strange about <laughs> being a, an adult. Being an adult, I would love that. But like the the same kind of goes for Star Trek, less of Witcher, but like for Picard of like I would I would want this to be like a one-off for Picard. I, it, I think you be, could have like a Let's Star be real, it's not. It's not. I think you could have a Star Trek series taking place 15 years after right. the Dominion but War. But naming it but Picard alone is like Naming it Picard tells me that like you're just going to bank on the nostalgia of Picard and like people love Picard and like to me that's the wrong idea. Yeah. And like they're going to have multiple seasons of that. The Witcher is a little less cuz you could do like cuz they're starting this before even They the, have the confirmed that this is not going to be in any they're not interested in adapting at all the content created by CD Project Red for Witcher. Right. But they're and going by the books. They're going by the books, which right. all and CD Project Red's Witcher series all takes place after the series of books. Right. So, so they're like, just doing the book stuff. Right. But they're also one thing I've heard is there's the theory going around that because CD Project Red created material for the games that they would have that Netflix would have to get the rights to the games in addition to getting the rights to the books right. to adapt it, which is the reason why that's not happening. Right. But even then it's like you have a book series, you don't have to read Make right. the game and but the thing that the it could be a really cool lead in because like the books are actually kind of hard to read because they are translated from uh, what 
Which is it? It's Polish. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's translated from Polish. So that some of the apparently not all of the series has been translated right. into English yet. And so some and some of the translations that I have read are like pretty rough translations because it's not like it's a super popular series. It's like a pretty niche thing. That's a probably going to change. It wouldn't right. shock me at all if we start getting better translations soon. Right. But like the this could be a really good lead in into the games because the the games do take like once you pick up Witcher one, you're like, where the fuck am I? And, like, it really takes you a while to, like, ramp up into this world because it really just drops you in because you're, like, midway through the books, right? Yeah, I, It's I, like if someone dropped you in the middle of Empire Strikes Back, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And or, then you're like, you have to, you have, you have to like, go and read some manuscript of, like, poorly translated manuscript of A New Hope to figure it out, right? That's basically where we're at with The Witcher right now. So this could be a really cool interlude to that if yeah. that's the case. No, it's... It wouldn't even shock me at all if Netflix starts funding that because there's no reason to not <laughs> try to do tie-ins. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, no, Witcher just looks fantastic. Looks so good. It looks so damn good. I'm in. But I'm do it. let's go into a little bit of the inside baseball aspect of streaming because we've hinted at it a couple times in this episode. Um, we're like the value, like Netflix having to prove sure. that it's worth subscribing at the right. higher rate. How Disney Plus is a good value for the money. Apparently. A study was done, and they say that the average American only wants to pay $21 for all their streaming services. And this That's comes up happen. with Netflix's rate going up, Disney Plus coming out later this year. Both NBC Universal and Warner Brothers have confirmed that their streaming services will be coming out next year. It's, we, you have CBS All Access, and you have all of these services, and no one, you're, you're gonna have to start juggling and right. being like, do, am I really willing to pay? 10 bucks a month to watch friends right and like i think that comes back to the thing of like if 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 okay if we take like a test right and we take like okay 21 dollars average person honestly it makes it so that disney plus is a must-have for everyone i'd say netflix has been in a good position recently where it has been synonymous with streaming for so long right. I don't think many people have sat down and thought about it being one you can get rid of. Right. But all of their big content is going away because the major the uh, media conglomerates are taking all of their content back. Right. Disney's already done it. Uh, Warner is about to do it. NBC is doing it. They're all taking it off those pla- off of Netflix. So all Netflix is going to have, and this is the reason why they've been spending so much on original content, right. is to have a back catalog because otherwise they'd have nothing. Right. Um, I think stuff like The Witcher is good because that makes Netflix seem like a good value proposition again. Right. Or still, but the best content that everyone's most excited about right now, at least on our community is Disney, and it's, what, seven bucks a month? Yeah. That's if, what I'm saying. It's like, like Disney, Netflix Disney, becomes, is like, Disney becomes a must-own. If, if your budget is $21... You can get Disney. You can get Disney and then, like, another... And one more. Yeah. Like and, it, makes, it makes Disney Plus the most cost-efficient and the best one to have. And everyone else is fighting for the scraps. Like, this little bit, it just... I think this screams, like, how... Even though it's not even out yet, you know, Disney's in such a good position, 
and then everyone who's coming out after it's the Apple, ca- it's the catalog like is- the Disney stuff. It's all the catalog, right? Like, because dude, not only are you getting Marvel, not only are you getting Star Wars, you're getting the Disney backlog. You're getting, you're getting like the Fox the backlog. Fo- you're getting, catalog. You're getting, getting the Simpsons. You're getting you're getting you're getting, Sim- you're getting the you're getting all the Disney TV shows that you grew up on. You're getting all of the Disney movies. You're getting all of the everything. Like, it's such a Disney's back. Nothing competes with Disney's backlog, which is fucking crazy. And they're getting rid of the vault for it. Yeah, the, the highly Coveted. valued, the whole fake. The the like, fuck. What do we do? I don't know. Release Beauty and the Beast like, on Blu-ray, 4K. The false scarcity <laughs> of the Disney vault is going away because that's how valuable they know it is, and how it will get people in. And if you are at that twenty-one dollar value, and you're looking at, well, I have. Disney and Hulu and Netflix, it's like yeah. you're not cutting Disney, you're gonna cut the other one of the other two. Yeah. And that's not a great position for everyone else. No, it's a fantastic position for Disney though. Yeah. Great if you're Disney. Sucks for everyone else. Hell yeah, dude. But yeah, no, I thought that was very interesting, especially since now everyone's like confirmed that their stuff is coming out either next year or later this year. I'm telling you. It's I don't know. If I'm Apple, I'm really thinking really hard about the whole rumor that it's going to be free. <laughs> like, I'm really thinking hard about that. Because <laughs> otherwise, why bother? Yeah, some of their stuff looks interesting, but there's a lot of stuff that looks interesting. Is it looks interesting and I'm willing to pay $10 for it? Nah. Because I could probably buy the entire season for like 20 on iTunes and buy it once and rather than it's very true pay subscription and i think that's that's kind of the point that's the, i think the problem a lot of these shows might or platforms might run into is i can buy discovery on itunes yeah like why pay 10 bucks a month when i can do three months worth and buy the one show i'm gonna watch i don't i don't care about any of the other stuff it's it's yeah. the problem is that as much as we've all been talking about being able to pick your content, the problem is you can still buy like, unless that you have unless you way. have a show that's like culturally relevant, right? Game of Thrones, yeah. And HBO the, is now in that same problem, yeah. Like, but it's the idea of like even a show like Stranger Things is extremely popular and like in the conversation right now. But it you doesn't can subscribe for a month, right? And it doesn't have the cultural impact. Like Game of Thrones, I think is was the anomaly in terms of like how our modern day viewing goes because so many people there's so much to watch and so much to consume where it's like yeah some people watch house of cards and some people watch stranger things and some people watch star trek discovery well, the problem too watch, is blah, like, blah, blah. like orange is in is a new blacks final season came out no one cares. I, I feel like everyone forgot about it. I remember it was big when it came out and then I remember everyone's like season two is out and then I remember Feeling yeah. like nothing happened, and then all of a sudden it was like season five's out. I'm like, wait, what happened? Yeah, and that's and I like, think that's the problem. It's, well, it's, there's so much going on, and I think the Game of Thrones was the one show that somehow broke out of that. that was like everyone is watching Game of Thrones. Like you can't, dude. Fucking the homeless guy down the streets will watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's, he's like got the HBO Go password from one of his. I mean, he's just like he's staring out your window. He's he's outside your window staring at the TV like fucking telling you to turn it up yeah but no it's the value proposition is, is going to be the thing that I don't think anyone's that's what Disney no one's prepped for but um I'm telling you man yeah shit's crazy 
I think that does it, though. Anything yeah. else you want to bring up? No, I'm good. All right. I guess we should roll credits there, James. Um, be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the fun things. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send us an email at feedback at quality3.net or hit us up on all the social medias, which should be showing up on the screen right now. Um, if you stay tuned, we're going to get prepped and ready to finish our hunt Carmen for Carmen San Diego. But other than that, we will see you in two weeks.